As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast with me, Charlie Baker. And this week, it's England v. Scotland. It's an international break from the usual Glory Hunters joy. And on this week, we have representing Scotland, Dougie Anderson. Hello, Dougie. Good to see you. Good, Good to, to be here. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to doing Glory Hunters, the quiz. Are you, uh, are you looking forward to it? You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, what's what's ahead, uh, not just today, but for the next month or so. I mean, Advent's a big time for people, isn't it? It is. Advent is. <laughs> Are you a super proud Scot, Dougie? Not particularly, okay, no. good news. To be honest, I've been more embarrassed than proud to be Scottish uh, throughout my life. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be as proud as I can today. I'm representing England. Is comedy legend and everything mm. legend is Keith Allen. I should point out that I'm actually Welsh. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine. That's fine. At this juncture. So there might be some really feeble arguments yeah. from this direction. Well, well this sort of Shropshire. Is that, is that all right? Or the, the... Well, no, no, no. I was, I was born in Wales. My mum was Welsh. My dad yeah. was from Fulham. So if Wales aren't playing, I will support England. You know? OK, well, there we are. So, yeah. You are responsible for a lot of great England songs as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. There we are. So, well, I'll talk to you about it more on the podcast. Of course. Um, which is coming up right now. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Today, we bring you an international special as England take on Scotland in a contest that threatens to divide the union even further. But which of our teams will be given a hero's welcome and who'll get the Highland fling? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Now, after the final first round game last week, we're on international duty today and leading England onto the pitch is a man who follows in the footsteps of Bobby Moore, David Beckham and Phil Jagielka. It's James Brown. Phil Jagielka? Yeah, that's who we're saying you're a bit like, Phil Jagielka. He's he's Captain England. I think he must have done, probably picked up the armband at one point off the floor. Remember that period when they started just chucking the... It's not factually correct then. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's been fact-checked somewhere. It's just there for comic value. (laughs) I think so. I'm fine, I'm great. Jet lag. Jet lag James Brown would be a good nickname for you. Why don't you tell everyone why Why you're jet lag, James? Why am I jet lagged? Because I've been flying. Where have you you been? (laughs) I've been in Japan. 
I was watching a football match between Osaka and Colby, where Iniesta plays. Iniesta, David Villa, Lucas Podolski. It's like a retirement home for European greats, but it was actually a really good game. It wasn't like watching the American League, which really is like testimonial level. It was a really, really good game. So what level would you say what it was? Championship? League One? Yeah, top of League cha- One? Yeah, probably, yeah, around that level. I mean, you know, no one at the top of League One, like Sunderland or whoever, is going to have any S to blame for them, but it was good. It was really good. The, Jap- sent- the Japanese players were good. I was curious why all these ex-Barcelona players were there. Yeah. Because Vermeulen is there as well. Should I tell I you injured. why they're there? Gone. Money. Yeah, but they could probably go to places with more money. They could go to China. <laughs> yeah. But is, is it as nice as Japan? No. Japan's a beautiful place. Yeah. What's your favourite thing about Japan, James? No, there's no... Said they're, they're just really respectful and they're very really nice, the people are. So I like the calm atmosphere. When you get out of a cab somewhere, you don't have to look round and get your antennae on and think, is anyone going to notice I'm a tourist, I'm different, am I going to get mugged yeah. or anything? It's just very relaxed. And what was the attendance at the game? Uh, about 20,000, oh, I think. Right. It was good. It was really good. It was the, a great time. There'd, uh, there'd been four or five games at that stadium in the Rugby World Cup. Oh, right. And it's a very modern, it's got a tractable roof. Yeah. It was good. They, they were, at the end of the game, Colby had won. Five, won they beat Osaka 1-0. They went to f- the three sides of the grounds where their fans were and they bowed five times. Mm-hmm. I think we should Both teams shook hands in a line at the end. It was really respectful. I'd like to introduce that at Torquay United. They just come and bow in front of the pasty stand. I think we should in- introduce it here in this oh, game. in glory. That's a good <laughs> idea. At the end of the programme, maybe you could just walk around to each of the guests and bow in front I of them. I think this is a good... No, I think it's a good idea. Whoever loses has to bow in front of the other people. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. No, they, they won and they bowed. Yeah, that's good. You no, know, you've got a different country to look at football, see what it's like, different. It was, it was a good experience. Alongside you today is a man who's been responsible for some of the best England songs ever. Filmmaker and big Fulham fan Keith Allen. Hello, Keith. Afternoon. How are you doing? Very good. Thank well, you. I say very good. I mean, I mean, God Almighty. I mean, I presume I'm being paid for this, but yeah. I think I've already lost all the money on low emission zones and ultra emission zones and parking. What a nightmare driving you in. You drove London. in today, didn't you? In, I had in, to. In, you've, yeah. you've been I would never out. normally do it, but I did, and it's ridiculous. By the LEZ, the Les, the fat Les. Yes. As <laughs> <laughs> <And> ironically. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad to be here. It's great. Do you get royalties on? Uh, World in Motion. Of course I do. Of course I do. And, and I do get they, a third of it. And do they still pay every year? It's, they pay it in per- per- perpetuity. No, but I, mean, I can leave it to my partner and my children as a pension. Obviously, you always get... You have a right to royalties, but it's, does it still earn for you? Sorry, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's my bank manager. It's just such a great song. It's a brilliant <laughs> it's a great song, song, isn't it? No, it's, it's a great every song. Two you years, love the lyrics. Every and, two years... 
I just wonder uh, if it still gets played yes, a lot. Yes, it does. Every two years it goes on lots of compilations. Okay. It's always played on the radio, that and Vindaloo, and it's an earner. In fact, Guy Pratt, who played on, who was Pink bass, player, bass yeah. player of Pink Floyd, He's earned more money off Interlude than anything he ever did with Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. That's absolutely true. But New Order aren't big football fans, are they? But how did, how did you get them into... Tony Wilson. That was the big thing. It was okay. his idea. Yeah. There was a guy at the FA. He was Jimmy Bloomfield's nephew. Right. He, he was there and it was his kind of remit to try and get another England World Cup. Song. And he was a huge New Order fan. So just out of curiosity, he happened to phone Tony Wilson up and say... Would it be possible? Only because they didn't consider anybody else. The England yeah. team didn't want to do it, to be honest with you. And Tony said, yeah, 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 we'll do it. This is brilliant. But none of the guys know anything about football. But I knew them anyway, and I knew yeah. Tony very well. And he knew that I knew about football. So he asked me if I'd write the words for it. Well, help to write the words. Yeah. That's how it came about. Oh, fantastic. And, and you were at the recording session. And it wasn't the whole team turned up, was it? Just a few turned up? There were six turned up. Waddle was there. Right. Gaza, um, Barnes, no, no, Steve McMahon, Johnny Barnes, Peter Beardsley, and one other. Gaza. Yeah, but I've just said Gaza. Is James. it true Gaza was drinking champagne? He out drank of a three bin. bottles of champagne while out I was there. Bin. And that's <laughs> absolutely true. true but anyway, we were recording yeah. the John Barnes rap, and uh, the first thing that happened was Gaza goes in there and there's a pop cover on the microphone. And the first thing you hear is, What kind of beard or? She wears niggas here, man. <laughs> Well, here we go. So you go for it, and you can imagine Steve McMahon trying to rap. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> Do the outtakes oh, still exist? Yeah. Oh, I've got them. I've got oh, them on that. When they die, I'm going to put them out. Yeah. Because uh, Beardsley, you can imagine, it's just appalling. It's appalling. But the best one, who's got just the most incredible phrasing and timing, is Gaza. Well, he does this. He goes, who look you on the red team? He goes, no, get in lane. What did he say? <laughs> what? What? So he couldn't use it. So yeah. Barnes, he got the job in the he end. The job, got the gig. But and and I've met best. John Barnes a couple of times, and he's not backward in coming forward oh, no, with, with bringing the rap oh, he loves out. It. He He'll loves do it. it. I've seen him do it on not. the I've seen him do it on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him do it on the tube. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Keith. Now you are up against Scotland today, and leading out of Scotland is sports broadcasting legend Natalie Sawyer. Hi. How nice to have you here, as Hi. always. Uh, any Scottish in you at all? I do, Natalie. I do. So my dad's mother, who I called Nanny, mm -hmm. uh, she was a McGregor. Was she? Yes. So we got a bit of Scottishness. And on that note, alongside Natalie today is writer and broadcaster Dougie Anderson. Hello, Dougie. Hello there. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's a joy to be here. I've just been listening to what people have been saying. So I guess, um, first of all, with James, uh, unlike Japan, Scotland is a very paranoid place. <laughs> I think it'd be fair to say. Um, and out of the three films that were made in Scotland in the 1990s, Keith was in two of them. <laughs> shallow, so you've had shallow grave. Everyone. Yeah, shallow grave, and of course, train spotting. Which means he's probably eligible to play for Scotland now. Is that, is <laughs> that <laughs> probably? Well, he yeah. was also in the original Whiskey Galore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind? We're on the same side, you. Now it's time for this. World's number two. We are the world's number two. World's number two. We are the world's number two.
Lovely bit of production there. Now, we want each of our guests to tell us why the nation they're representing here today is the natural choice as the rest of the world's second favourite team. It's very, very clear. This isn't about medals on the table. This is about winning hearts and mind. Well, heart and mind, namely mine. OK, so there we are. So you are going first. Natalie and Dougie, you have won the right to go first. And your 30 seconds or however long it takes, okay. starts now. Scotland are rubbish. Never won anything, <laughs> never qualified for the latter stages of a competition. But that leads to a pragmatism that helps in dealing with all the inevitable disappointments that life throws at you. The Scottish fans can hold their beer without feeling the need to vandalise a city centre. <laughs> um, Scotland give us much needed levity in uh, what we can all agree are dark times. There will always be comical defeats to make the world laugh, whether it be Peru, Costa Rica or of course the aforementioned Kazakhstan. It's an honourable public service. And then there's the fact that Scotland are the first country to come up with genuinely good World Cup songs, perhaps even a musical harbinger for Keith Sterling work for England in that area. 1974. Easy, easy. A glam rock <laughs> Sample lyric, yabba dabba do, we support the boys in blue, and it's easy, it's easy. Beautiful. 1982, we have a dream. John Gordon St. Clair riding high on the back of Gregory's girl success, but perhaps the best. 1978, Ali's Tartan Army, <laughs> a melody still sung to this day containing this, the finest ever couplet in music. We're representing Britain and we've got to do or die. For England can't do it because they didn't qualify. Oh, <laughs> the fact beautiful. that Scotland also invented the modern game the world loves is simply a footnote compared to that. That was the Scottish answer from Dougie there. We're going to go to you, England, and James and Keith. Can you tell us why England are the world's second favourite team? I don't think they are anybody's <laughs> second favourite team. I'm desperately scrambling around here trying to think of a country yeah. um, that might consider England its you second favourite team. The rise team. of the Premiership, with the rise of well, the Premier League. That's nothing to do with England. Yes, I think because of the rise of the Premier League. Yeah. No, but I wrote that down. Premier League. So many nations are represented. There's a familiarity with the English players because people from all over the world, whether it's from Kazakhstan or Morocco or Peru or Australia, are watching their own stars mm. play alongside the England team. So there's a natural affinity in the same way as one of, one of your better players or worse players leaves for another club. If you like that player in domestic football, mm. You look out for whether they've appeared on the, uh, you know, in the team sheet or the goal scoring, uh, playing for their new yeah. team. I think that happens with somebody in another part of the world watching and thinking, ah, look, England. Yeah. That's where so Stan and so. Oh, I love Stones plays yes. there, as so does Aguero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great answer, James. You see, the thing is, I'm, I like Scotland a lot yeah. because the 1974 team that you mentioned had. I think six Leeds players in that squad. Yeah, yeah. And so in the 70s, when England didn't qualify for a World Cup, actually other than because they'd won it, they didn't qualify for any of them, Scotland were well represented by my local club. And, uh, you know, so you have that affinity to it. And that's what you think the rest of the world well, has I just, I wish Scotland would do well again. This is the podcast of Glory Hunters from TalkSport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. 
uh, Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to propose an idea they believe will improve sport for the better. An idea that may well run counter to conventional thinking. But whilst the Puritans gather up their pitchforks and hammer at the door of the studio, I'll be awarding points for radical ingenuity. However, glory hunters cannot be held responsible for any damage to property or person once the recording is over. I will select who goes first. Natalie, I'm going to start with you. And you think we should abolish mascots. <laughs> Well, yeah, I do, because what really is their purpose? What role do they serve other than uh, someone has got to spend two hours in a sweaty, furry costume running around a pitch before a game kicks off? No one really pays that much attention to them, let's be honest. No one has ever said at a game, did you see that goal? No, no, I'm sorry, I was so distracting, distracted watching Gunasaurus. No one ever says that, do they, no. really? You have to question who sat there and thought, Football's a great game, but what would make it even better is if we had a mascot that is furry, or at West Brom, for example, have a boiler. Someone's dressed as a boiler. Yeah. That would make it even better. I just don't see the point of mascots. You don't like the mascots, no. Natalie. I love a mascot, why, Natalie. Though? Why? Tell me why. Because it's fun, isn't it? I completely disagree with you, Natalie, unfortunately. Well, which isn't a good thing anymore. Well, no, I'm going to give you... Uh, I don't think we should abolish mascots. Oh. I'm going to give you two goals, oh, Natalie. Right. Two goals. There we are. And uh, James Brown, we come to you. You're going to rework the football score system for us. OK, so do you remember when the two points for a win was elevated to three points for a win? Everyone went, went how radical! I don't remember it, but yeah. Well, it was. On. It was yeah. like, oh, this is amazing. It's really modern. It's going to change everything. OK, so it's really not good. Three points for a win. Uh, but the point that is really really annoying is that you get a point for nil-nil draw. So I'm getting rid of that. For nil-nil draw, you get minus two points. You end the game with less points than you started. For a 1-1 draw, you get minus one point. Okay. Because at the moment, you're incentivised to not try and win. Mm. Think mm. about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Go on. People play for a draw. They incentivise teams not to win. If you get a 2-2, you get a plus two. Right, because there's four goals, it could be exciting. Okay. Three three, you get three points. Okay? Mm. Now you're gonna say, ah, oh, that's the same as if you win. Yeah? Yeah. But if you win, you get your three points, but you also get a point for every goal that is plus goal difference. Yeah, right. Because Leicester beating Southampton nine one a few weeks ago, yeah. or West Brom beating Bristol last Bristol City last week four one is much more entertaining than a tight 1-0 win, yeah. right when Leeds beat Reading last week. Well, yeah. So you get Sorta. points for goal difference and you're stopped playing for nil-nil draw because you come away with less. Mm. OK. I, I, the football is about goals. You go, yeah. no, 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 well, no, I don't I like it. I, I you get loads you. of points. I think, I think there's something to be said for a tight 1-0 win. I think that's, that's a really exciting game You still, game get, to you go still to. get the three points yeah. for that. But if it was one but all. You get the extra one. Okay, so if it was one all and people were about to lose points, it would get to the 89th minute and they'd let each other score so they don't, neither, neither team loses points. Yeah, that'd be fine. If they got to two all, then they'd get yeah, but two then, points. But then they're just going to let each other one go up the other end and one go up the other end like that and score. Why are they going to do that? They're going to try and win. Both, no, because both teams are going to no, lose at points. At the moment, the official. Uh, <laughs> I was with VAR. you at nil-nil. No, I, I was with you at nil-nil. No, but VAR at the moment is cancelling out goals. This isn't somebody's, about VAR. Somebody's hair is is over the you know the yeah. the offside line, right? 
So this is actually taking it the other way. Mm. This is stopping I think you've made football. it too complicated. Yeah, I have made it too complicated because yeah. I got carried away. Yeah. I suddenly <laughs> thought, this is such a good idea yeah. that they're going to implement it and the, they're going to need the nil, further nil. information. <laughs> the nil-nil was a good idea. OK, so nil-nil. We'll stick with that. Minus two. I think it would be a better scheme if you just abolished any points for a draw. That's what whether I started. You, no, whether you score, yeah, whether yeah. you score just or not. Zero, zero for points a draw. Yeah. for a draw. I like yeah. that. That was my original start. You, you, you went to minus two. And <laughs> yeah, but hang on, think about it, right? If Leicester... No, we can't. Nine, James. one so extra <laughs> points. <laughs> no, it's too much. cricket. It's too much. James. He said it. On that note, I'm going to give you a sympathy point. Dougie, you want a half the sports in the Olympics. I would rid the Olympics of at least, at least half the sports involved, streamline it completely. Because at least half the sports are just boring. Oh. They should have a lesser Olympics for them, perhaps in Guernsey or the Isle of Man. <laughs> um, I mean, just as Pluto has been downgraded um, from planet status, so should many niche sports from Olympic status. Here's something you're never going to hear. See, Keith phoned me up and he said, uh, do you fancy going out for a few pints tonight? And I would retort with, do you know what? I'm all right. I'm staying in to watch the Olympic shooting. Never going to happen. <laughs> Never going to hear that. It's a complete... Which, which shooting do you mean? The, the pistol one? The slow oh, pistol the one? the slow, the fast, the middle-paced shooting, the clay pigeons. You're <laughs> just watching the wrong shooting because there's a great event in the Olympics where they ski oh. and shoot. Pentathlon. That's not, no, it's no, not. The, pentathlon. Biathlon. the biathlon. That's no. the one that I want banned. <laughs> anyway, skiing and Dougie, carry on. Yeah, yeah. no, I'll tell you what's far better than that, James, is the scene in the living daylights when they're going down on the snow oh, oh, to yeah. the border <laughs> on, I think, is it a cello? They're, they're sort of resting on a cello, Tim Dalton and an old blondie with a bob. And then they chuck the cello up. They go under, people are shooting at them. I mean, I know it's not Olympic sport, but by golly, it's good. good film. <laughs> that, that's good movie making. They're on a, on a cello. Yeah, in, in the living daylights, they're trying yeah. to get over the border. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I didn't watch any Tim Dalton James Bond. Well, the oh. Tim Dalton ones mm. are some of the best, I think. You know, what, uh, what have you got? Living daylights? Compared, daylight? to, can, compared to any of Roger Octopussy? Moore's ones. No, that's, that's, Roger sorry, Moore. Roger who? Roger uh, Muir. Muir. <laughs> no, it's Roger Moore. Ro yeah. Listen, Roger Muir House, but it's a good <laughs> So you want it to get rid of half the sports? Half the sports, at least half the sports. I, didn't, I, I completely disagree with you, Dougie. I don't think there's enough sports in the Olympics. I'd have all the sports. Everything that is classed as a sport, I'd have in the Olympics. And here, here's me thinking you were neutral in all of this, Scotland and England. <laughs> yeah, they you. call it the greatest sports occasion, the Olympics. It's not. The European Championships, football is better. The Ryder Cup is more engaging. Oh. The World Cup. Whether it be rugby or football or whatever, is better than the Olympic Games. Mm, it's well. a poor tournament, masquerading as the best the world's got to offer. OK. Halving the sports doesn't change anything. It just makes more sports more niche and lessens the impact of sport around the world. So um, I don't like any of those okay, well, any of those reasons you've given me. In, in my defence, I did try to move things forward. Yeah. But now looking back on things... I feel there has been an element of stagnation. <laughs> I'm giving you three points, straight down the middle. Three goals for Dougie there. Keith yeah. Allen, all I've got here is a big question mark, 10-pin bowling and golf. Yes. Um, now, obviously, myself and James, we spend a lot of time improvising over here, but I have to own up that I actually have given this some kind oh. of consideration. OK. I did think very fleetingly that it would be a very good idea to only allow one hole in a 10-pin bowling ball instead of three. Um, 
the idea being that bowlers would break their fingers. And uh, then people would be judged on how they deal with the pain. You know, you've got four other fingers, get on with it, etc. Oh, yeah, and it kind of appeals to that kind of Romans and Christian vibe, which is what the world is like at the moment. Mm. But then I thought, no, it's too cruel. Then I had this idea, which is the Ryder Cup. I think that the Americans and the Europeans should both, by law, have a 24 handicapper in their team. Mm -hmm and they should play on the last day and be the last pairing that go out. Now, what would happen was it would encourage, golf exists because of the high handicapper. Golf clubs and membership cannot exist without people who can't play very well. Because what they do is they feed lots of money into golf pro shops, buying equipment that they think will make them better. It doesn't, mm -hmm. but they go back and buy a silly hat and a couple of gloves and they think that they're gonna you know, improve their score. They don't. So there's a brilliant business there. There would be a competition in every golf club in America and in England, okay, over the year, which can only be entered into by 24 handicappers. Oh, so there's yeah. no lying, you are a 24 handicapper. You generate enormous income, okay, because it costs you a tenner to join. There are at least 50,000 24 handicapped golfers in the country, so that's, that's a lot of money, yeah. all right? And then the joy for the watching public, the 24 handicappers, <laughs> the high handicappers, to watch a fellow useless oh, golfer yeah. coming down the 18th with another 24 handicapper, you would increase the audience share, I think, by 100%. You would generate enormous income and it would just be hilarious. I rest my case. It's not many times I'm silenced on this show, Keith, <laughs> or my breath is taken away. But I think that was the best answer we've ever had on this round. Absolutely brilliant. One it's point. <laughs> I like broken finger bowling as well. I enjoyed that. I, love that. I thought that was very Look at him now. He's down to the little finger. <laughs> well, he broke his thumb early. Oh, he's dropped it on his foot. <laughs> he broke his thumb early and his ring finger's completely gone. He's on his little finger now. He's using the again. Oh, and he's got a strike. Um, very good. Uh, I'm going to give you five goals, Keith, because oh, it was a perfect nice. answer. Yeah. So, at the end of that round, the scores are Scotland 11, England 11. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From TalkSport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast. Here on Glory Hunters, we invite the public to have their say, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Can we have our first question, please? Hello, I'd like to ask the panel which sport they'd abolish and why. Keith, we'll come to you first. Uh, that one where people ski with guns. <laughs> the skiing, the yeah. biathlon, I yeah, think absolutely it's called. Yeah, ridiculous. No why would you get, why would you get rid of that? Well, at which point do you know if they're very close to each other, if somebody's winning or losing? I mean, you don't know until the end. And then you can't be there because you're on the side of a mountain. So you're watching it on telly and you just don't know who's where at any given moment. And also it's cruel. What's cruel about it? The gun bit. The gun horrible. bit. You don't like yeah, the gun no bit. No, I don't right. think they shoot. What do they shoot? All right, just no. targets, is it? <laughs> Cruel to the target. Yeah, I, the love, I love that sport. <laughs> I hate it. Well, we are. James, what would you get rid of? Keith. I would get rid of football. <laughs> would you? Definitely. Why is that? One, it'll make archery better. You know, before football, we were great at archery. <laughs> Home and away. We were the best at archery in Europe. So that's one thing to yeah. think about. National defence, you know. Okay, yeah. Secondly... <laughs> The amount of misery that yeah. is endured is greater than the amount of pleasure. But it's a nice misery, isn't it? It makes you feel alive, no, it's the not. misery. It's rubbish. Because it's misery that doesn't actually, deep, deep down, matter. But I can't think of a sport I care about enough to ban. But what we're going to talk about all day on Talk Sport? Archery. Archery. You think <laughs> the archery game is going to be... Yeah, Jim White and Natalie Sawyer on the yeah. Monday morning talking about a beautiful Sunday, a super Sunday archery. Lovely, yeah. <laughs> Sunday. It's just going traditional. OK, um, we'll come back to you. Uh, Dougie, which sport would you abolish? For quite a few years now, I've been struggling to find a passion for fencing. Right, first of all, there's no TV coverage. So the youngsters are never going to be enticed by the sport. The equipment is too expensive compared to, say, buying a football or shuttlecock. Um, it seems only to be practised in elite schools, mm. and by dint will never catch on with the public at large. See real tennis and Quidditch for further examples. <laughs> and if you practise in a public park, and the parky sees you, he'll view you as a danger to yourself and perhaps others. So really, fencing isn't doing us any good, let it go once and for all. Get rid of fencing. Okay, Dougie. Uh, Natalie Sawyer. Basketball. Oh. Yes. You'd abolish basketball, would um, you? Yeah, because you? the NBA's been going since 1946. Mm-hmm. And in that time, only 24 players have been under five foot nine. Oh. So how do we allow sport to be so discriminatory? Yes, I agree mm. with you, Natalie. Shouldn't elite sport be at- attainable for everybody? It's heightest. Just yes. take three foot off the size of the net. Well, you could That's do that. That's a good idea. But that doesn't mm. happen in the NBA. They obviously have their set regulations. So mm. in my eyes, they should bin it because it's it's. Who invented it? Did, did a tall person invent it? Well, I've no idea. I didn't go into that much detail. Oh, right. I just you thought... got the stats, mm. though. Oh, well, I, did. I got that. But, um, yeah, it's basically a sport okay. that's about 
being tall. Okay, well, so uh, the biathlon. I don't know why it needed to be banned. I, I didn't know why it had to be, uh, why it was cruel. Just the guns. You didn't like the guns. I couldn't think of anything else. You couldn't think of anything else. Okay. <laughs> it's just rubbish. Okay, it's just, it's just a rubbish. Okay. Okay, I'll give you two goals then, Keith, <laughs> just for your own admission, which I like the honesty with it. Um, archery. Instead of oh, abolishing football, yep. I, and I love football, is the problem. I love football, but yeah, you, but know, you want it abolished. I think there'd be a lot of people this morning listening to us who've yeah. had a terrible Saturday afternoon thinking, I'm never going again. Yeah, but think when right they... now they'll be, they'll be like rooting for fences. But that loss, archery, that, they, sorry. that loss that they felt yesterday, next time they win, that loss is, is inside them and gives them the extra euphoria. You're very optimistic. I am for a very optimistic. Oh, no, we, we win a lot. Not at the moment, but we do win a lot. I love football, so I'm going to give you one goal, I'm afraid. Dougie, mm. I liked your class warrior element of the fencing. That was very good. You did say Quidditch as well, which isn't an actual sport, is it? It's not a real sport. Is it in Scotland? Because, I mean, it's sort of... Harry, it's Harry Potter <laughs> is Harry yeah. Potter is set yeah. in Scotland, Pretty isn't it? Pretty much of. Scotland is really sort of divided 50-50 uh, <laughs> between Shinty and Quidditch. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a goal off for that, but uh, I like the fencing answer. I'm going to give you three goals, Dougie. I'm going to give you three goals. It was very, very good. And then basketball. Natalie, as the national average... <laughs> Keep so happy. As the national average five foot eight, I agree with you that any sport exactly. under five foot nine... You so only... How many is in the whole history? Um, 28 24, players? 24. 24 players. Not giving me any hope. No. Uh, the oh, national my... average is five foot seven. High tower, all of a sudden, <laughs> I feel like. Um, Natalie, I'm, I'm going to give you four goals. Oh. I agree with you. I'm not a big basketball <laughs> fan. OK, let's move on to the next question. Hello. I'd like to ask the panel, at which one match would you have liked to have given the halftime team talk? Oh, yes. Which one match would you have liked to have given the halftime team talk? Dougie. Let's go back to a little period I like to call the Second World War. <laughs> <laughs> It's a game between a selection of allies and a selection of Germans. A game depicted <laughs> in the film, Escape to Victory. Now, as we know, at half-time, the team decided not to escape down the hole in the bath, as planned, but rather go out and play the second half. Idiots. I'd say simply this, lads, if you don't get down that hole to freedom, I'll shoot you before the Germans do. Oh. Pelly, you're the instigator here. You're Brazilian. You're not even in this war. <laughs> Stick to playing forlorn harmonica in the team bunks with the 1970 World Cup in Mexico to look forward to a little bit down the line. Also, it's disrespectful to those who have tunnelled for hours all the time with deeply inadequate hydration and snacks. <laughs> There's a war going on, lads. The enemy are at best going to keep you imprisoned, not celebrate your tactical acumen or pressing down the wings. Go down the hole and escape. Do not play the second half, you fools. And to think we're led to believe that footballers are lacking in intelligence. Brilliant answer. I'm going to give you four goals, Dougie. Keith, Alan. Yes. Which match would you have liked to have given the half-time team talk? I would say that I would be <laughs> Rafa Benitez oh, yeah, uh, in Benitez. Istanbul um, talking to the oh, yeah. Liverpool Lovely. squad. Mm. I would uh, get them into the changing room, sit them down, um, ask for the door to be opened so that the cigarette smoke can be removed <laughs> from the dressing room. And I would explain to them that I have a very good relationship with the club accountant and uh, what I've done, unknowns to everybody, is I've bet all their wages <laughs> on the most outrageous bet, the odds that I could get at the beginning of the week, which is that you would be 3-0 down at half-time. 
you would uh, finish after extra time at three all, and you would win on penalties. And I've got odds of 2,000 to one, and I've put each of your wages on it. So go out and enjoy yourself. This is a brilliant Now we know what happens. What a brilliant there answer. Because A, it sounds like really could have been true. Very, very good. And also, it does make footballers sound like they're only motivated by money, Keith. Well, Which, yes. you know, imagine if that was the truth. Um, four goals. Brilliant. Ooh. Natalie Sawyer. Well, mine is similar in, the term, in terms of a comeback, but I'm just going back to last season. Ajax 1-0 up after the first leg of their Champions League semi-final with Tottenham they're then 2-0 up at half time in Amsterdam and so they're 3-0 up on aggregate and then second half Lucas Moura comes out gets a, a hat trick and they secure a 3-3 draw for Tottenham which means they go through on away goal so I'd have liked to have been in that dressing room mm -hmm. at half time to have just rollocked them and got them give them a good rollicking yeah. three goals for that Natalie excellent James Brown we come to you for the final answer where would you like to have been at half time so just one goal then <laughs> save, no, save no, time no no in no way is it fixed because okay, I can't I was, even I was, remember I was going to say Leeds United Wigan five games before the end of the season oh, last right. year yes which was just so depressing <laughs> but now I've switched oh okay it was causing me too much pain to try and think that I could do better than Bielsa, but something went very wrong, John, in that game. Anyway, so I've switched to Kez. Okay, yeah. The greatest <laughs> film yeah, a football match ever. Brilliant. Brian Glover, mm. the bullying PE teacher, yes. pretending to be Bobby Charlton. Now, what I would be saying to Billy Casper and the, and the rest of the team is, this is the one time during your school life when you can dive in on a teacher, take them out, trip them from behind, yeah. throw mud at them, do whatever you want, and you can probably get away with it yeah. because Brian Glover's character is so engaged in his own glory that he's going to cheat to win anyway, which yeah. he did. He took the penalty again. I'd be telling Casper, stay on that crossbar, Casper. Yeah. Keep those enormous shorts pulled up, distract them. Distract Glover's character. Just do what you're doing, get stuck in, take him out, be like Bremner, which Glover accuses the kid that trips him of being, yeah. go for it. I loved it, James. I loved it that you brought up Cares. I love that film. What a heartbreaking film that is. And you brought up Brian Glover. Absolutely loved it. I'm going to give you four goals. You're listening to Glory Hunters from Talk Sports, sponsored by Monty Panasar's Loft Conversions. What's your podcast all about? Oh, yeah, well, well I was an very erudite man. Well, thank you, thank you. I do have a library card. I'm not here to brag it <laughs> up. Well, I've been putting out these mixes uh, this year called Seven Floors Up. So I guess they're not podcasts, they're mixes. But I just put out this one about the best of 2019, the best music. Because at this time of year, a lot of people ask, oh, what are your favourite albums? I need to get some yeah. music. But also within that are bits of audio from various TV shows and films that I thought were particularly good in this year. So Succession Season 2 is in there. There's a bit of Logan Roy, uh, who is a Hibs fan, fictional okay. Hibs fan. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's in there. I love that film. Joker's in there. Catastrophe, the final series of Catastrophe. Mm -hmm. All mixed into various songs from bands from, who's in there? Ala Laz are in there, the great American band. There was a Serge Gainsbourg reissue this year. Serge is in there. So it's a bit... Um, Higgledy piggledy, if I may use, use a, a phrase that mixologists are always using. But it's up there in Mixcloud. If anyone needs to know or wants to know. So it's like a mega mix of the year. It's one hour. It's one hour. It's a bit of a cultural mix. The best of what's happened oh, this year great. in music, film and And what's TV. it called? Seven Floors Up? Seven Floors Up.
Fantastic. Keith, you said you got something you, you'd like to talk about. Myself and uh, a fine young actor called Kieran O'Brien, we're developing this podcast where I get people to design their own funerals. Oh. Yeah. And, Good idea. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's, uh, we've done a couple of trials, then we're ironing out a few blips, you know, but it does work. And uh, yeah, I think in the next two weeks, we won't launch, but we'll have our final so test. So the songs they'd have, how they do it, everything, a, everything about know, it. Who they don't want there, oh, why yeah, nice. they don't want them yeah, there, lovely. who they want there, who would be their pallbearers. Do they want to be buried, cremated, you know, Viking. I mean, it's very... It's basically desert island death. Yes. Good idea. That's great. That's great. We're just getting the format worked out. I am writing a book. Oh, here we go. (laughs) About my time working on The Enemy and Loaded and various other magazines. It's about music magazines and mayhem. It was due in last February. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But deadlines are there to be beat, broken, missed. And that's what I'm doing. Out for next Christmas. Probably another year, but it's it's interesting. I've got boxes and boxes of old interview tapes. You two, Morrissey, Nick Cave. Do you own them? Do you own the copyright of those? I don't, oh, but they're they interesting are. to listen yeah, to. And looking back at the old enemies, and you know, my first significant interview was Joe Strummer, who was Keith's friend, and uh, he was in a he was in a, a do you remember the film about, about the spaghetti western he was oh, in? Oh God, Cox. Yeah, Alex Cox. Alex, oh, Cox right, yeah. Alex Cox directed a spaghetti Straight western hell, no? that he was in. And I was the only person who wanted to interview Joe about that. And as a result of doing that interview for Sounds, the NME rang me up and offered me a job. So it changed see? my life. Changed your life. Joe Strummer changed my life. There's your title. In the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Now, normally I'd say the losing side goes first, but it's 28 all. Who's the biggest loser here? Um, right, James, we'll start with you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to list a series of mascots from previous World Cups and European Championships. All you've got to do is tell me which are true or false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. What sort of thing is happening here? Are you ready? Yep. Your time starts now. Footics. True. It is true. France 98. Ibis. False. This is false. It's a hotel. <laughs> Goliath. False. It's true. England 96. Zakumi. True. It is true. true. South Africa. It's South Africa, yes. 10. Very, very, very good. Warnock. Warlock. Warnock. False. It is false. Fuleco. Who? Fuleco. False. Or Fuleco. It is true. Brazil 14. Booty. False. It is false. Super Victor. False. 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 It's true. France 16. Goleo. Goleo. It is true. Germany's 06. Tuppany Nudger. False. (laughs) It is false. (laughs) Bernie. Why are you saying it in that accent? That's my False. accent. Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> False. It's true. It's Germany, true. 88. True. Baron Samadin. What sort of thing is happening False. here? False. It is false, James. You get that point, um, which means you scored eight goals, which takes you to 36. England have 36. So next up, it's Scotland, and you have 28 goals at the point, so you need nine to win. I am going to list a number of figures from the world of sport who've all had a stab at pop stardom. All I need you to tell me is which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you will hear this sound. See, at the end of the day, I get the sack now. Are we ready? Yeah. Your time starts now. Andy Cole. 
true. true. It is true. Carl Lewis. False. It's true. Nigel Mansell. False. It is false. Caroline Wozniacki. False. It's true. John Inverdale. False. It is false. <laughs> Peter Ebden. True. It's true. Oh. Wayne Rooney. False. It is false. Fred Truman. True. It's false. Clint Dempsey. True. It is true. Robbie Savage. False. It is false. Damon Hill. False. It's true. Oh. Ricky Hatton. False. false. It's false. Jacques Villeneuve. True. It's true. Alexi Lalas. True. It's true. Zola Bud. False. It is false. Franz Beckenbauer. False. It's true. Rude Hullet. True. It's true. Neil Ruddock. False. It's false. Ian Wright. True. It's true. Phil Taylor. False. It's false. Manny Pacquiao. See, at the end of the day, I get the track now. It's true. Oh, there we are. Well, at the end of that round, Scotland, you scored 15. Oh, wow. Natalie. Well which Natalie, they'll be singing in the depths of Dundee tonight. <laughs> which means you got 43 goals to England's 36. Commiserations, Keith and James. Um, could you take any positivity at all from that result? Well, again, if you'd actually said... No, I think it's yeah, the answer. No, if you'd asked the question in the accent from the country, <laughs> do you know what I mean? What, you'd have got it. Me that to was say ridiculously weight. Not in a Devonshire accent. Zico. It was Pele, wasn't it? Let me ask you a question. Oh, Without right. looking at your list, yeah. how many of them can you remember? Because I can remember none. all of theirs. <laughs> Alita Redden, David Beckham. Zalecki, was it? Was that Neil Zalecki? Beckenbauer. Was Bernie in? Is Bernie in? Charlie, some of their questions you didn't even need to ask the full name. <laughs> Goleo. Goleo. Yeah, we all know Goleo. Yeah, we Another Moni week from James Brown there. Winners, any message you think that victory sends out to other countries <laughs> looking to come at Scotland in Glory Hunters? Any messages to say? Yeah. No, oh, literally no messages whatsoever. It's, it's a closed shop. Um, <laughs> I would I'm, say, though, Scotland's back. Are we? Well, you've won. Are we really? Yeah, you're back. We're back. You're back. We are. And Scotland. to our winners, we say... <laughs> I feel as good just now as both Hugh and Cry. <laughs> <laughs> Violently, your words hit me and you made me a different man. Yeah. Dougie, and to the losers, we say... Just don't come home too soon. My thanks to Natalie, James, Dougie and Keith. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. There we are. That was the Glory Hunters podcast for another week. Dougie, a triumphant for Scotland. Are you thrilled? It's been a great day for the nation, and I'll be honest with you, I've had far worse Sunday mornings. Oh. My, my first Holy <laughs> Communion comes to mind on that. But, uh, yeah, great times. Thank you very Christ much. Up. Keith, are you furious? No, 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 not at all. I extend the hand of friendship and love and respect to Scotland. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with James. I'm no. And is now the time to tell everyone you're actually Welsh? Or No, I said that at the beginning. Oh, I do apologise. The whole, I've got the whole thing. <laughs> James, as always, you feel like the, the show is rigged and fixed and the podcast is complete I, Well, disaster. it's not so much it's rigged and fixed, but at the end of the show, when, mm. you, when you played the winner's clip, which yeah. was We're on the March Valley's Army, yeah. it wasn't actually a victory one for England. Oh, no. It wasn't one set up, was it? Wasn't there? one even set That's up. True. That does point at a conspiracy, doesn't it? Mm. Oh dear! And the flag wasn't waving in the wind, was it? Or any of those things? Thank you very much for listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Do download, subscribe, review, tell all your friends, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>